It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And it is Carcone Carne. Welcome back to The Working Week. I'm James Van Alstel. Coming up tomorrow night on Carcone Carne. Now, this is going to be a show. If you're a music fan, if you're a fan of power pop music, if you're a fan of the Beatles, uh, tomorrow night, Joey Mullen from the band Badfinger. This is a, the band, the very first band assigned to Apple Records, the Beatles' Apple Records. Joey, the last surviving member of Badfinger, Badfinger, who gave us hits like Baby Blue, uh, will be joining me on Carcone Carne. This is going to be fairly epic. That's happening tomorrow next week or actually the week after uh, a reschedule, which I'm excited about the Alligator Records Roundtable Alligator Records, long running Chicago blues label. Uh, we'll have a roundtable with Bruce Iglauer, the founder of Alligator and Shamika Copeland talking about the blues that's coming soon to Carcone Carne. More immediately. This is also super exciting. I'm joined by Kate Reeve of Cappuccino. She is also behind Chicago Vintage Weddings. Good evening, Kate. Happy Monday. Good evening. Happy Monday. How are you doing? I'm good. We're here to talk about antiquing and sustainability. And I, I think I got, I, I wouldn't say I, I'm an antique shopper in general, but I appreciate antiquing. My grandmother <laughs> went to every antique show, went to every antique shop, and I got my love of collecting from her. I got my love of digging into the past from her. So when I saw what you were doing with Cappuccino, I thought, I, I this is something I want to learn more about. I love antiquing because it's very subjective. It's how different items for the past kind of speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I love doing it the way I do it, where I don't need to be. It's also because I'm lazy, but I don't need to be very specialized in any particular thing. So I don't need to know everything about this one line of China patterns or this one particular kind of a pattern of silver flatware or something like that. It's more that I can go out. I can find the stuff that I like. I get it for pretty cheap so I can offer it for pretty cheap and kind of curate that sale experience without charging an arm and a leg for everything, which drives me crazy when I try to go out looking for stuff and sure. I walk into a store and I'm just like, well, great. I can't afford any of this. And on principle, I'm not buying anything. So well, so let's let's explain a little bit or let's have you explain what yeah. Cappuccino is. It's 1804 North Damon. Yeah, 1804 North Damon. We opened a few months ago, so really weird timing during the pandemic, but I was bored, didn't have much going on because I'm in the event industry. So it's just a way to stay occupied. And with already being in vintage rentals due to the Chicago Vintage Weddings, the existing business, it just made sense. I already have a warehouse full of stuff and I'm constantly going out scouting new inventory anyway, even during the pandemic, which makes it a little trickier. <laughs> but mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's still a really good time. This is a theme I've come back to time and again during the pandemic is finding new ways to do old things and finding ways to tunnel through and around the pandemic, find ways to keep yourself moving forward. If not financially, creatively, artistically, uh, you're doing both right now. Sustainability is a word we all kind of understand. What does that mean? What does that mean in terms of design, in terms of cappuccino, et cetera. Yeah. Well, being a business owner, I think you can make a really conscious decision that you want to make sustainable choices for your business, or you can go in the other direction and just say, you know what, I have to get this done. I need the thing that's most convenient and that's going to meet my bottom line. 
So I've always tried to make that decision to do things that will still allow me to stay in business, but will allow me to have a bit of a cleaner conscience doing so. So for me, it just makes sense. First of all, with dealing in vintage and antique goods, that's naturally more sustainable. And then I just took it more from there. So looking for packaging materials that are more sustainable, American-made, looking for things that are locally made and ethically made. And that's all kinds of local businesses that we're working with. It's also just a matter of trying to make sure we're being smart about our electric usage. So not leaving all of our lights on when we're closed, just really basic things like that, honestly. And isn't, and this may sound like a, a total rube question, but isn't buying vintage in itself a sustainable practice? Because oh, you're totally. Re- And it's not just that you're right. It's not that you're taking those things and keeping them out of a landfill. It's also that you're avoiding purchasing new product, which not only creates that waste material in itself, but then you think about the manufacturing or, you know, the sourcing process, even for the raw materials and the manufacturing, the shipping, the packaging to get it where it needs to go. So if you're avoiding all of that and you're just coming in and getting something for me and I'm like, okay, here, great. Here's some recycled paper to help you pack this up and take it home it makes a world of difference. So I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, I got hooked into the idea of antiquing and collecting from my grandmother. She, she put that bug in me. Where'd you get yours? I had a very cool older stepsister when I was a kid and I used to go thrifting with her back before at least to, you know, a nine-year-old thrifting was a thing. So this was, I guess, I mean, the mid nineties. And then I also was really into garage selling with my family and it just kind of went from there. I think once you get the bug for digging around for things and getting good deals, it doesn't go away. It doesn't. It, it just, it exacerbates. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's, it overtakes rooms of your home. It becomes <laughs> a problem. Yep. <laughs> it just might become a problem. So all right, if I were to walk into Capuchin, what would I see? I mean, I'm assuming it's always changing and rotating and. There, yeah, it rotates a lot. Out. But we have some standards. So I always have a ton of vintage candlesticks because those are really popular. I always have decanters. That's another thing that sells like crazy. I think it can be kind of hard or people feel like it's hard to shop for men and decanters and vintage barware are a really just classic. That's a no brainer. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So over Christmas, you know, we had a lot of dad gifts that were decanters and stuff like that. Uh, and, and always, what, what dude doesn't want to open up a package with a cool vintage decanter? I mean, that's it, oh, it yeah. feels special. I mean, that's yeah, and they're all unique. You know, we've got glass ones, we have crystal ones. I have one with an etched boat on it right now that I think it's so cool. Nice. So, yeah, everything's just stuff that I go out and I find and things that I think are really nice. Uh, we've always got a lot of vintage china and home goods, some art, and that sells really fast. So that's constantly refreshing, but. It's really just honestly fun for me to go out and have the thrill of the hunt too. So I can bring that back to people and they can have the same experience. You mentioned cost and I, we've all done it where we walked into a small store where the prices are a little bit higher than what we were expecting. And you have that fight or flight moment where it's like, well, do I just suck it up and just buy something? Cause I feel weird and guilty. Or do I just do that Homer <laughs> Simpson meme where I back into the bushes and d- disappear? Uh, this kind of stuff on paper or even in this conversation sounds like it would be expensive. It's honestly not. So I don't buy the things that are really expensive because then I have to pass that cost along. So I'm looking for the stuff that I'm buying in bulk, the stuff that's just trying to get unloaded and I'm going and getting those things and then sorting through the crap and getting the good stuff. 
So, I mean, the plates, for example, like we saw a lot of vintage mismatched uh, flatware and plates and things like that for people's tables. Uh, the dinner plates are $9 each. Salad plates are $7 each. I mean, starter plates, $6 each. And this is all fine bone china. So, I mean, I personally think that's something I'd be willing to spend the money on. And that's how I try to gauge it. Heck like, yeah. would I do this? Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned, you know, Last year was it was brutal for so many different inders, industries. The event industry obviously uh, was hit hard by COVID. At what point did you did you decide? Okay, this is this is at a, a snail's pace right now. At what point did you decide? I, I want to go in this direction. Want to open? I up think it was yeah. So we had we had like a small run of events that happened last year, and honestly, that in itself, even for the best, most conscientious clients, is really stressful because you're dealing with so many additional layers of planning for those wedding clients, just with trying to enforce the guidelines, make sure the guests follow the rules and the vendors do. So it's exhausting. And we had a few of those weddings. And then when that very, very small season tapered off around the end of October, I was like, oh, crap, okay, we're going into COVID winter. I'm going to go crazy. Like I have nothing to do for months. And I'm just going to be stuck inside, not seeing anyone. So it came from that, honestly, just trying to have a diversion, something nice, get some more income for other people in the industry who are hurting. And yeah, it's it's fun. Well, let's talk about money for other people. The charitable aspect of what you do, uh, you donate portions of your profits to different locally based charities, locally based. Yep. Yes. All and- local. And currently it's one tail at a time. Yep. Uh, one love tail them. at a time dog rescue. I, I had Heather Owen uh, one tail at a time on this podcast. I, I don't know months. I don't understand months and days anymore. At some <laughs> point during the pandemic, she was on uh, oh, she's fascinating, fascinating person. She gave up a law career to do this. Mm-hmm. I remember time. that. Yeah. I think six, seven years ago or something. So totally cool. So this is female owned business. I know you're also, um, turning over money to businesses run by people of color. I mean, you're really trying to put a lot of money out there in the community. And I, I think that's, it's awesome. Like you're in a position where you can help. That's great. Uh, well, we're not a huge business, but I'm trying to do what I can. <laughs> but that's just it. I mean, I, sometimes just the act of doing it is so important. I mean, it, 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 you, instead of quantifying it, just qualifying it, here's what I'm doing. I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, when it comes to incorporating vintage stuff, like I'm looking around my, what I laughingly call my home office. It's a very, uh, it's a very dude office. I, I've got, I vinyl. Like I've, oh, thank you. I've got vinyl. I have a couple plants. I have a candle. I have a portrait of my dog in an astronaut suit. How does one incorporate vintage stuff into their home? I think you can go all out. I mean, you can go nuts and just get everything or you can start small. And I'd recommend if you don't know what you're doing, start small, get a few key pieces that you like, set them up on a shelf, get your nice little shelf background for all your Zoom meetings. And that's a great starting point. Uh, If you want to do a lot, you can start investing in some furniture. But if you're not sure, I'd say get a little bit of framed art, get a couple of decorative objects, get some candlesticks, you know, just certain pieces and you can see if you like them and they grow on you and then you can go get more. And then that's when the sickness takes hold. And then you just, yes, the, you, get, you get into full acquisition mode. Mm-hmm. That's how both of these companies started. Uh, <laughs> awesome. And again, the other company, the, the company that uh, allowed you to do this Chicago vintage weddings, 
certainly something that uh, we expect would rev up again at some point this year. Yeah, it's already starting. So fingers crossed. Really? Good. Good for yeah, you. People are optimistic and we're just hanging in there. Good for you. All right. And then Cappuccino is at 1804 North Damon. That's uh, Bucktownish. Bucktown. Yep. Excellent. Uh, and what are your hours there? We are doing winter hours right now. So we're Fridays and Saturdays from 12 to 6 and then Sundays from 12 to 5. But once we get later into March, we're going to open up for some more hours. And people can go to the website and see a lot of what you have. Oh, there and they can, totally. They can and kind of browse. We can do, yeah, we can ship if people don't want to come in. We can do curbside pickup. So we're flexible. That's awesome. Well, I, I, just, I love the entrepreneurship behind this. I love the charitable angle. And I just love the idea of taking this bad hand that we've all been dealt with, with the pandemic and finding, finding a way to do something engaging and exciting for yourself but all, that we can also benefit from too. Thanks. All right. So the website is, Kate Revy? It is shopcappuccine.com. So that's S-H-O-P-C-A-P-U-C-I-N-E.com. 